Oral Histories of the National Railway Museum. Having worked as an electrical fitter at Manor Hill and Peterborough, Jeff Wilmot moved to Mount Barker Junction, Adelaide Yard, and then back to Peterborough as a signal supervisor. After Peterborough, we went up to Mount Barker Junction. It's it between Balhanna and Littlehampton. And what was there? Four houses and a railway interlocking, because that was the junction for Victor Harbour. And this was to enable traffic to be diverted well, down One to went Victor. to Victoria and the other branch down to Victor Harbour. Okay. And did you apply for the job there? Or oh, yeah, well, when I was at Peterborough, I applied for the job and was appointed to uh, Mount Parker Junction. So and what was the length of your district there then? I went to Callington, yes. not including Callington. Yes. Two, but not including... Ambleside. Ambleside. I did Victor Harbour. Yeah. I had to go to Victor oh. Harbour and there was one went up through... Mount Pleasant? Yeah, Mount Pleasant. That branched off at Balhanna. Yeah. And did the work change? Oh yeah, well it was all the automatic signalling and a powered cabin and upper quadrant signals. Up at Peterborough they're all mechanical lower quadrant signals. Oh. Lower quadrant they were mechanical, they were pulled by wires. And upper quadrant? Well, it was three position signals that stop, caution, and full speed ahead. The next yes. signal is clear. Is it caution or clear? And when you say they were automatic, where were they controlled? The entering block was controlled at the block station at each end. Balhanna had a control of the absolute into the section, and Mount Barker Junction had a control of the absolute. The absolute signal is it cannot be passed without an order. Okay. A permissive, you can pass a permissive signal and stop after you've stopped for two minutes and then proceed at a speed prepared to stop if there's a destruction ahead of you. If there's a lot of traffic on the track, you didn't have to wait till they cleared. With the staff section, staff section might be 20 mile long, you couldn't get another train to follow because you had to get a staff and the first star train had to get up and put the staff yeah. in and release the next one. But with permissive signals, you can send another train as soon as he passes the first permissive, you can send another train behind him. Oh, okay. So you could have two or three trains in the section, all going the same way, but they're controlled by a permissive signal. And when you were at Mount Barker Junction, was that all under orders or was that... Electrical. Electrical signalling. Okay. Absolute permissive signalling. Jeff, it was train orders to Victor Harbour from Mount Barker Junction. And train orders up to uh, Mount, Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. And was the main line was all electric. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yes, you're right. The, one of the complications there that you would have had to encounter is the track circuiting. Track circuiting? Yeah. Well, that, that's part of the signalling system. That's so. right. So you would have had to attend to any breaks in the bonds. Oh, the... well, okay, you get a broken wire and you get a, a block failure. There's an indicator at each end in the operating cabin and it shows you whether the block is clear or occupied. The block is, say, from Mount Parker Junction to Nan. Now, if you get a broken rail, you can get a block failure. And was that reasonably common? Unfortunately, <laughs> it was very common. <laughs> oh, well, they had a lot of welded rails there, and very cold weather, the, the welds were breaking. Okay. 
So the welded rails, that was just from repair work? No, it was welded rail because they did away with the joints. Oh, so it was okay. continuous rail. And is that system still used today, that welded rail? Or yes. Was there still the line operating from Strathalbyn to Malang or at that close? Yes, yeah, that was in there. Did you enjoy being up at Mount Barker Junction? Oh, look, I liked the work. It was a bit inconvenient shopping. <laughs> Did you shop in Mount Barker, Jeff? Yeah, we had to shop in Mount Barker. Well, so then from Mount Barker Junction? A position came up in the Adelaide Yard. Unfortunately, that was on shift work. What was that classification there? Oh, it was Class 1, a good rate. Right, that's why you went there, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's why I went there. Class 1 electrical fitter? Mm. Yeah. And when you say you were on shift work, how did that operate? Well, you did day shift for... You'd start on a Sunday and do day shift to Friday. Then you'd have a swing shift on the Friday. Mm. And then you'd start afternoon shift and do from 4 till 12. And in between, you somehow you'd get switched back to the swing shift, which had to be filled in from time to time. <laughs> so what were the hours for the day shift? 8 till 4. And... The night shift was 4 to 12, but we didn't have an arrangement between ourselves that we changed night shift to 10.30. So the night shift came in at 10.30 and took over from you and you'd knock off at 10.30 and go home. And what was the advantage for the night shift? Oh, well, they had a certain amount of work to do, which had to be done at the slack time. There'll be a little bit of work on the machine during the night, which couldn't be done in working hours and the rest of the time until you a relief came in. You'd be on, on your own all night from 10.30 to 5 o'clock in the morning when a relief would come in. One of the day shift blokes, and they alternated to take up 5 o'clock till 8 o'clock. So you'd say Adelaide Yard, what boundaries were in your remit there? Well, the Adelaide Yard was Adelaide Yard cabin Y cabin and down to uh, um, the junction cabin around the corner. Right. So what was the physical location of those the, those cabins? Well, one was right underneath the Morford Street Bridge. Okay. That was the A cabin, which was the main work. Great big cabin, two operators, a recorder. So what was the role of the recorder? Well, he had to record the train movements. Ah, okay. And, and where was the other... Cabin, sorry. Y cabin. Yeah. That was in the triangle that came in from the north and Port Adelaide came into the yard and there was a track alongside the jail which went round a mile in and the other track was from Adelaide and joined up to go to mile end. So there was a, a triangle yeah. there. So that was Y cabin, W-Y-E. And do you know why it was called that? One theory is that in fact it... It was an acronym for Western Yard Entrance. So the sort of machinery that you were dealing with there was different again, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a 110-volt machine. Yeah. And this is why they switchblades snapped across. Yeah, and they were the pistol grip. Yeah, pistol grip. And you mentioned that you don't touch a lever without wearing a glove. That was the big levers. They used to keep them polished and bright metal because if you put your hand on them, they'd rust. They were steel. And you'll find that the world over. What was it you didn't like about shift work? Oh, actually, we used to get asleep in the night time. I had a fold-up bed, 
As soon as the yard man went off duty, we'd do our little chores that had to be done of that night and enter into the long book and uh, you'd turn the lights out and go to sleep. <laughs> right. So it wasn't all bad? Oh, no, no. Uh, no. And what sort of problems were you, did you have to deal with there when you were working that, that job? Oh, well, you had to maintain the Adelaide Yard signalling system, which was a, a lot of mechanical work on the, on the switch blades themselves and the switch machines. And, uh, well, the cabin took quite a lot of maintenance. And did you have to learn new skills to do this work, or is that just oh, something you no, taught no, yourself no, on the and job? As soon as you took the lid off the, that cabinet, you were playing with dynamite. A little bit of wire, you, you know, you undid it to, if the contactor was broken. They wanted frequent maintenance, these contacts, because it was DC, 110 volt DC. And uh, unless they operated them properly, they, they'd arc like mad and burn the copper. There was a lot of maintenance in that cabin. Yeah, yeah. And the interlocking, that all had to be maintained. Why were they 110 volt DC? Uh, because it was fast for a busy yard. Okay. You couldn't wait to... You hit the lever and went bang! Yeah, okay. Bang! And this is why it was so dangerous that to change a contact off, you had to undo the feeder wires to it. You couldn't isolate them. Mm -hmm. How long were you at the Adelaide Yard for? And then I gather you then went to Australian National? No, I was in the Adelaide Yard. Mm. Then I got shifted to Peterborough as a supervisor. Oh, okay. Back to Peterborough. Yeah. And was that again, had you applied for the job? Or were oh, you? yeah, I applied yeah, yeah. for the job. Yeah. So that would have been sometime in the 1960s, do you think? Yeah, I should say. Yeah. So what was the role of a, a signal supervisor? Oh, well, you looked after all the track all the narrow gauge virtually. And how many people were you supervising? Were you now at this point off the tools? Were you still doing? Oh yeah, I, I was supervisor. I was purely a supervisor. Yeah. I had a bloke down on the period track at the junction there, Georgetown. That's the Gladstone line. Yeah. I had a bloke at Peterborough. Yes. A bloke at Manor Hill. Yep. And a group at Tarawi. Okay. So, so all this is before the broad gauge made uh, it up to Peterborough, Jeff. Yeah. Had you supervised people before taking that No, job? no, no. That was my first experience of supervising. And how did you find it? I found it was all right. And how did you get on with becoming now a supervisor and after being one of the boys? One of the boys. Yeah. Well, I knew the job and I knew what they had to do so there wasn't any difficulty. So how long are you in uh, Peterborough as a supervisor? Actually, <laughs> I got out of these jobs pretty quick <laughs> because vacancies came up. Yeah. So I was only up at Peterborough as supervisor for about a year, back to a country supervisor. And that started at Belair, um, went to Callington, to Victor Harbour, and everything north of... Roseworthy? Roseworthy. 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 Yeah. So and, you were now supervisor of that district? Yeah, mm. uh, up to Borough. And where were you based? Oh, on North Terrace. We had a, a workshop and an office down there, right opposite Kodak's. And how many people were you supervising then? 
at least seven. Yeah. Mm. Then there was the separation of the railways into metro and yeah. country. Yeah, well, we were without a home. When you say we were without oh, a home? without an office. We had nowhere to go. So what had brought that about? Commonwealth Railways took over the country section and they were based in Port Augusta. Um, we just lost all our office. I had nowhere to go except a car. <laughs> Anyhow, they found a place out at Islington Workshop and uh, we finished up out there. So I we went over to uh, Tassie uh, because their maintenance was very poor, you know. Yes, yes. I was over there for three months or something rather, working with them to show them how to maintain crossing equipment. <laughs> really? They had no idea what they were doing. Were you employed by Australian National? Yeah. So what was it like going to work for Australian National? Was it very different? Did the job remain the same? Oh, the job was exactly the same. I still had the same engineer, mm. which I reported to. Mm. Same title though, supervisor? Yeah. I was in an office on my own because they'd all been shifted over into the main block. <laughs> I was in a whole office. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> How did you feel about that? I didn't mind. <laughs> uh, the workshop was alongside of me, mm. and sometime or other they made me a superintendent. Uh, superintendent, yeah. But the job didn't change. The job didn't change. Yeah, right. You're not the sort of person who was particularly worried by all no, this. No, no. Oh, yeah, well, I had changes. a job to do, and I did it. Right. <laughs> And in terms of the, you know, the major technological changes that you saw during your period working for the railways, obviously you saw the transition from steam to diesel. What were the other major transitions that you saw? I guess the change in signalling systems. And what drove those changes? As uh, equipment upgrades itself. So it was just technological yeah, advances so. that, yeah. 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 And looking back at your time in the railways, where are your fondest memories? What are your fondest memories of? I like doing my job. <laughs> I always did. Thanks for listening to this oral history podcast from the National Railway Museum.